Well, greetings, everyone. I know it's been uh, at least about two weeks since my last uh, little podcast there. Um, so today uh, I'm going to go into the baffling and still cold case of Kenneth Rex McElroy. Um, now, I don't know if you ever heard of this particular uh, guy. Um, basically, this is just a very strange case that this, this, he was basically the town bully. We'll get into what he actually did, but there was over, according to several people, at least 40 people saw this man shot, but yet everybody claims they didn't see anything. It was basically a whole town. Um, so we'll just kind of start at the beginning. Um, so Ken, uh was born in 1935 or 1934 sorry he was the 15th of 16 kids um basically he was always fighting for his you know fighting for a meal fighting his way to be noticed or or get some sort of attention um he had dropped out of school by the time he was 15 and he had quickly gained a reputation as you know a small time crook a thief a womanizer um he was suspected in many uh, involved thefts and other, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> basically. Um, but basically, so this man basically kind of held the town of Skidmore, uh, Missouri, virtually hostage. Um, he kind of did whatever he wanted, often in front of many witnesses. Um, but many were so afraid to confront him because he would basically drive around their house uh, stare at them, watch them, make them feel uncomfortable. Um, basically, uh, he was just horrible. I mean, he stole livestock, committed arson. Um, he also had a liking for underage girls who he would marry or, or in order to silence them. So, Ken Kenneth Rex McElroy, he died in 1981. The town of Skidmore had about 440 people in it. Um, just about all of them were terrified of this man. Um, over the course of, you know, decades of him living there, you know, he had that reputation of just doing whatever he wants. Uh, some of the stories about him are very disturbing. Um, he met his last wife, Trina McLeod, when she was 12. Now, by 14, McLeod was pregnant and had dropped out of school and went to go live with McElroy and his third wife, Alice. Now, um... This is what I'm talking about. In order to escape the charges of statutory rape, McElroy divorced Alice and married Trina. Um, when Trina decided to flee with her baby, uh, McElroy actually burned her parents' home down and shot the family dog after bringing Trina back. Um, he was indicted for the arson, and the child was sent to a foster family. McElroy threatened the family and would sit outside their house. Now... If you notice, there's kind of a pattern here going on. He would basically get off his charges by intimidating any uh, witnesses, usually by, you know, sitting outside their homes all hours of the day, stalking, harassing, and basically just unnerve the witnesses so much that they would eventually just back out and say they didn't see anything or they didn't know anything. Um <laughs> But despite all this, it actually finally caught up to McElroy uh, sooner than later. Um, and something, you know, basically he was convicted of a crime finally in 1981. And this is when things kind of go 
in the route of the, the vinaangelism. Yeah, I can't talk. My bad. Vinaangelism. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so we're going to go back into several stories of how he just made this town very uncomfortable to live in and, and basically just was a bully. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go through some of the stories. Um, and these are from actual witnesses, too. Um, so, uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, sorry, I got lost in my notes here. Okay, so in 1980, uh, one of McElroy's daughters allegedly tried to steal some candy from um, the store that belonged to Ernest Bonecamp and his wife, Lois. Um, McElroy was furious at that they had accused his children of trying to uh, steal candy. Um, so McElroy himself had returned to the store and threatened uh, Ernest with a shotgun. During the confrontation, McElroy actually shot him in the neck. Um, miraculously, somehow, the 70-year-old survived the attack, and that was when McElroy was arrested for attempted murder. Now, the prosecutor, David Baird, however, had a different idea on how to handle him, um, and McElroy escaped the charges due to, his to basically intimidation tactics. Um, the other part was kind of, you know, due to his lawyer, um, but he knew he, he could get an assault charge, and that's, and that's what happened. Uh, McElroy was convicted of simple assault. Now, this man literally shot somebody in the neck and nothing happened to him. He All he got was a simple assault charge. This was attempted murder. Um, so that was just, just weird. Like, how did this man just intimidate people so much to where they, they were terrified of him? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I... I if somebody, you know, attempted to murder me, like, I don't care, whatever. You tried it once, like, what the hell? Try to do it again. See what happens. Um, so McElroy was convicted. However, release, he was released depending on the appeal because um, he had made an appeal. So later that night, McElroy was actually at the local D&G tavern where he was overheard making uh, threats to uh, Ernest. Threats he actually never followed through on. Um, because at the same time this was going on, there was a town meeting. Um, basically it was about what the town was going to do about McElroy. The sheriff at the time had suggested a neighborhood watch program and that no one confront McElroy directly one-on-one. -on -one. So the group hearing about, uh, McElroy's threats over at the D&G, uh, tavern went to confront him as a group. So this is what happened after that confrontation. Um, and this is kind of what thrusted the town of Skidmore into the spotlight. Um, so McElroy and Trina, which was his wife, were in the truck preparing to leave the D&G Tavern. And the crowd of the of the Furies onlookers um, kind of gathered around the truck. Now, they, they don't know who began firing, but someone started firing their gun. Uh, Trina survived, but McElroy was fatally shot twice by two different guns. And the crowd, and this varies from kind of who tells the story. They say there was anywhere between 30 to 40, perhaps as many as 60 witnesses um, who claimed to have saw nothing. No one called an ambulance. No one 
saw anything. No one even turned off the truck that McElroy was in. Um, so Trina claimed that she had seen the shooter and could even identify him. But no one will corroborate her story, again, because of the, ta- the code of silence. All of these people either couldn't identify the assailant or say they didn't see it. And that's very hard to believe, considering there was a group of people that did surround the truck. Um, so who who began firing? There's just a list of, of people that it could be. But even with investigations, local prosecutors, everybody, you know, investigating this case, nothing ever came of it. It was kind of like swept under the rug. And honestly, why wouldn't it be? When so many people despised this man because of the awful things that he did. Not only was he, you know, he shot uh, Ernest in the neck because of that accusation. He would, anytime you even disagreed with him, um, there was an incident where um, basically some they had a disagreement. Uh, someone had a disagreement with McElroy. And... <sighs> He began harassing that family, watching them at all hours of the night, even threatening the children. So this man would not only threaten, didn't care if it was a man, woman, child, he he would threaten anybody with the gun. Now, think about how scary that is as, you know, this is just a small town. Um, And I just, I can't imagine uh, what that's like to live in a town like that. But this was a horrible man that just did horrible things. And um, I just, I I don't know what else, you know, you could basically say about it. Um, But I I will try. But there is a uh, good, a good um, uh, documentary. Um, It is called No One Saw a Thing. Um, It's basically about this, you know, um, this, I guess you can call it murder, but I mean, do you really want to call it murder? I mean, kind of think about what you would do in this situation. If you lived in a small town and this man was getting away with so many things, he had dozens of felonies, you know, think about this, assault, child molestation, rape, arson, animal cruelty. Um, He would let people's livestock out and not even care. Basically, that's their that's their livelihood. Um, and so just think about that. Like, what would you do in that situation? Um, I don't get it. But, I mean, just, just I, I don't know. It all kind of just baffled my mind about this. Because, I mean, how in a town with this many people nobody would come forward and say that they saw anything. I think I would do the same thing, honestly. Um, But if you want to go kind of dive more into it, get in depth, because there are some other strange things that have happened in Skidmore after this particular incident. Um, So, like I said, it's actually on Amazon Prime right now. It's called No One Saw a Thing. Go check it out and see. And you know what? I remember... uh, my last post, I kind of asked for feedback. Um, there is a way you can give me feedback, and I would totally, totally appreciate it. So if you want to set, shoot me an email at my personal email, 
So I will spell it out for you now. It's Miss M-I-S-S Froelich, F-R-O-L-I-C-H at gmail.com. I would totally appreciate the feedback. And just maybe if you have some ideas of how maybe I can improve or maybe if there's something that you want me to discuss or you want me to go into, I'd be happy to do it. So hopefully I can get some feedback here, guys. And until next time, have a good day. Happy Monday, (laughs) y'all. All right. Till next time.